everyone. Welcome to well, it's GCP once again. Anyhow, can't stop doing podcasts these days. And joining us today, someone else who can't stop doing bloody podcasts nowadays. It's from uh, Must See Matches. It's the one and only Kieran Lafort. Hello, Kieran. Hello, Andy. It's funny you should say that. Uh, this is my third show in two days. <laughs> Bad Scheduling has just kind of ended up that way, and like with the bank holiday coming up, yeah, Mark and I had to do one of each yesterday. Bloody hell! Hey, but 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 they're very good though, Kieran. They're they're always uh, my entertainment on a bus ride. Excellent. That's that was entirely our plan with both of them, and that's how I like to consume podcasts as well. So, like, I I would listen to them during during my commute, and like, I uh, my theory is a good pub, podcast should last the length of your commute, just about. So that's kind of what we're aiming for. And yeah, if we can entertain you for 45 minutes to an hour, let's do it. Well, to be honest, we didn't start the Enfield fire. It was only two minutes. So if you had time for a shit, you could listen to that this week. <laughs> it's, our most download- it's our most downloaded uh, episode this weekend. F- fuck our Rev Pro episodes off. People just want to hear a, a song about uh, Enfield. Hey, I'm talk- waiting for all the re- remixes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> But um, talking about Enfield, this is sort of like a, a new project of ours. What I don't know how we quite came up with this one. Maybe maybe me just saying, oh, Transatlantic Wrestling Challenge. I yeah. Uh, <laughs> doing that. Mm. And then you've, you thought, Kieran, like, about all the um, Brit Rest um, TV shows after World of Sports that were produced. Yeah, there's kind of a, a ceiling I want to put on that, but uh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll certainly do this, and then there's another project after this. I think we should do, yeah. the, like another British TV product, and then we'll figure out. We'll figure out where to go from there. We if we still like each other at the end of all this, after making each other watch this shite, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how we go. Hey, trust me, I've been through eight months of uh, WCW 2000 with Wilson. So, oh god, this oh, must be like. I mean, you're yeah, right. First, right. you're stuck in the year 2000, but compared to the WCW of that era, this must be like the WWF of 2000. <laughs> it's it's just so out of touch this this show. Mm. But we'll get we'll get into it. Yeah. yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny that we are doing it in the week that uh, NXT UK died. So uh, Kieran's breathing a sigh of relief that when he's on. <laughs> these shows I'm not being up. made to watch that bloody TV show anymore. Yeah. Um what what were your uh, initial reaction when it when it did sort of go under last week? Um I mean as somebody who lost a job and had to spend I'm not kidding I went 364 days unemployed. Mm. Um that sucks. Losing a job sucks. But that it's hard to if you join anything to do with WWE, you should know what you're getting into. Yeah. Like and I think a lot of people are blinded by the glory years and dreams and all that kind of thing and don't look into how they treat people, what a shitty company they are, their business dealings, the fucking owner being a sex pest who has paid millions in hush money to people, you know, as is coming out. Um you make your own bed, kind of. So it's hard to feel that sorry for these specific people who have who've lost their jobs. But like, I don't think I can say anything better than Benno's burial of this on uh, Grapple Spotlight this week. 
Yeah. Like it was the big steamroller came in and with the aid of uh, speaking out and COVID completely destroyed a scene in this country. And now they're just, they, they're gone and they, they've taken what they want out of it. They've taken, what have they kept? Like 12 people? Yeah, so they kept Tyler Bate, they kept um, the three Scottish lads with beards, Gallus, Aiko, yeah. um, Blair Davenport, Norm Dar, Pete Dunn, um, Walter. Um, the most okay. impressive part is he hasn't got a notepad in front of him, man. He's doing all this off yeah. the top of his head. Yeah, A-Kids a- won, ben, mm. Car- um, ben Carter, the one who famously Ben O took food off his table. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they have kept some talent and Gallus, yeah. um, but like, yeah, these kind of these these people who got like five up to five years indoctrination in the in the 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 WWE way have just sort of now been ejected back onto a scene that was still rebuilding itself and mm. probably isn't ready for them, and they're not ready for the scene as it is now. It's a really, I don't know, like we're in. A, the show we're going to talk about was kind of like in a down period for British wrestling. And now all of this has happened in like another down period for British wrestling. It's really hard to, I'm kind of like quite disconnected from the scene these days. Yeah. Um, the only stuff I go to is at my local library, 20 minutes up the road. I'm not joking. I go and watch wrestling in a library once a month. Oh, um, purpose wrestling. It yeah. always gets good reviews. Up yeah. There. It's got, I mean, it's nothing earth shattering. You're not watching fucking WrestleMania every week, but it's fun. Yeah. Um, and it gives people a, a a a place to develop. So like um, Michael Oku might be super babyface Michael Oku on Rev Pro shows, but in a library he's skinny jeans wearing OJMO and he's a right bastard and everybody hates him. Yeah, uh, and he's developing like this brilliant heel character on on these small shows in front of 150 people. Um, I feel we've kind of gone off topic already. Um, yeah, I have no love for any of the WWE product, least of all NXT UK. Um, good. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But there was, I would say, a Red Pro at the weekend, there was like a a promo from Will Ospreay, um, and which he said, basically, you've got to, you're coming back and you've got to earn your spot because there's people here who've worked the bollocks off to at least keep it, keep it all going. Like Mm. like from the Red Pro standpoint. And, and you know, like, you're right, Will. But uh, I think mm. I think definitely with Red Pro, they've already brought Eddie Dennis back. Shah Samuels will be back in there. And, oh, and he was th- my first. He was my first thought. Like yeah. I, w- I was surprised that the first um, ejectee through the curtain was Eddie Dennis and not Shah Samuels at Red yeah. Pro. Yeah, he will. He like it's like he's got his knicker elastic caught in the door. He will always come back to Red Pro. <laughs> Perhaps it's yeah. those suspenders. Perhaps it's his, his braces. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, honestly, I think we were talking at weekend. It's like, well, it's a perfect first opponent for Ricky Knight Jr. There, Charles Samuels in, in like end of September, start of October. It's just mm. they, there you go, and it just slot right back in. But yeah, it's it, it's coming as a scene where TNT's cancelled two shows this week. Mm. There's numerous other promotions like struggling, and it's yeah, cost of living crisis. Yeah. All, all, all that rolled into one. If people have got to pay six grand a year for their electricity, they're going to stop going to wrestling shows. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's just it's the way it is. It, you know, even so, the small shows I go to, the tickets we get aren't front row; they're seated and they're eighteen quid a pop. 
Mm. Like that's you know, even like once a month, you're looking at two hundred pound a year. And if that's got to go towards, you know, keeping your heating on instead, people aren't gonna go. So it's a good job I got barred from everywhere and don't have to do 150 shows. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey ho. Um, the renegade of British wrestling. The renegade, yeah. Mm. Um, so shall we get into this uh, transatlantic wrestling challenge, um, which was uh, put together by NWA Hammerlock? Yeah, it's essentially NWA Hammerlock versus NWA Wildside from the US. Ah, yeah. Yeah, the, the concept is US versus UK. It's four blocks round robin with two Brits and two American representatives in each. Uh, which we'll get onto when we cover the Australian man later on. <laughs> um, uh, and I spent my lunchtime today kind of like basically trying to research this, and there's not an awful lot about it. No, online. there's like a, someone's done an article like on the first show. Yeah, and I took, took some notes from that, but yeah, yeah, not it much was, on it. Well, it was shot in the Meridian TV studio in Southampton. Over it appears they shot the whole lot, six episodes in two days in february 2000 right uh, and then it aired in so british tv for people who may not be aware in the days before digital television was split up into regions like local regions so where i grew up was just north of london and that region became it, it was they were named after like the franchise holders so my region was carlton it was london and then became london weekend television at the weekend yeah, um, LWT, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, Meridian is the south of England. So that's uh, like Portsmouth, Southampton, Brighton is or is Meridian, I think. And this yeah. aired on uh, Meridian, Anglia, which is like the east of England, and HTV. Where's HTV? Is that Scotland? Scotland, yeah. Yeah. High, um, Highland television. That's what I thought it was as well. Yeah. So it didn't, this didn't play all over the country. And bear in mind, we are not a big country. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. with, with, with myself, Kieran, I always vividly remember watching this on my 10 inch colour TV. Mm. Um, when, it was always in like my mum and dad's bedroom. And um, mm. on a good, like, windy day, we could pick up like Anglia <laughs> and Meridian and I'd switch on like, it would have been about four o'clock on a Saturday. It's like, mm. what's this? Yeah. So I think initially it aired late at night. Uh, I think so. They shot it in February and aired it in May. And yeah. I think initially it, it was late at night on on ITV. And then once the digital switchover happened and ITV two became a thing, it got a rerun. And that might be what you saw as opposed to the initial run. Or did oh, you no, definitely de watch the? Yeah, the no, I definitely watched it when it was on. Um like your Anglias and Meridians. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you just no, had a good TV aerial. Yeah, I think I think we did. But I read ITV too. I was like thinking, bloody hell. Had it been going that long? ITV yeah. too? Yeah. Bloody hell. Um, but yeah, as as we mentioned at Meridian TV it was um filmed at the commentators now now this this were a shock to me. There's some proper like TV presenters these these lads oh, they, mike, i didn't know who they were yeah so mike carlson he presents uh, he's like an analyst for the nfl oh wow okay yeah on the on like sky and bbc okay so he's I an american who lives here or lived here at the time of this 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, mm. like, in the um, late 90s, I think into the 2000s, he was still doing, like, the NFL show. Mm. And for the Olympics as well, he did um, the basketball coverage. Okay. So, he's, he's, like, proper. Mark Webster is another, like, TV personality who was all over, like, Channel 5, Channel 4. Um, you know, like, the minority sports shows, yeah. like, He'd be the voice. Yeah, he, wouldn't, he, <laughs> he wouldn't commentate on football. He'd commentate on handball. Yeah, like yeah. handball and kabaddi. Or so, you know, like <laughs> yeah. All the fun stuff. All the all the fun stuff. So he, yeah. he'd do that. And I think he like stuff on like um, Sky Digital. And I mm. think he's, uh, he's on Talk Sport 2 now. Uh, hey. six, 68-year-old he is. Now? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. It's, and still going. Which surprised me, but he is one of those faces. I'm like, bloody hell! I always remember him off, you know, off your channel fours and fives. And another one, the actual TV producer of this show mm. was Nick Harlin. Who is who's, that? He's also he co-presented the NFL on Sky Sports with uh, Kevin Cadle. Okay. Um, he also does. He's does voiceover work for like the highlights on of like football highlights on Quest and his like football league show were on BBC One. It, it, I think he worked quite a bit with um, Mike Carlson, especially like to do with the okay. NFL and what have you. But no, but yeah, all these three people involved, proper TV people. So there's some actual like maybe like in this country sort of B level sports, but like there's some proper sports pedigree. Go, no, yeah. Maybe not B-level sports, but like B-level broadcasting. These aren't the guys who are like doing the Manchester Derby on BBC One, yeah. but yeah. like League, League One on Channel 5, I know shit all about sports. They'll yeah. be the guys on it. NFL on Channel 4, they'll be the guys on it. Yeah. 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 So actual credible. Yeah. Actual sports broadcasters and, and an actual sports producer, not necessarily wrestling people. Although... The commentators seem to know at least a little bit about wrestling. They called most moves correctly uh, yeah. when they weren't like a lot of the commentary is the British guy making a joke about America, followed by the American guy making a joke about Britain. I largely tuned them out apart from some stuff that made me laugh, which we'll get onto as we cover the matches. Yeah. Um, so we have um, a big opening with uh, many lions and eagles on the... This, uh... Right, we need to talk about this. So <laughs> all of this is on YouTube, um, and it's been uploaded by somebody who got it off a long play VHS. If you don't know what VHS is, look it up. If you don't know what long play is, it's even worse than VHS, look it up. Um, the quality of this is fucking terrible. <laughs> Almost um, like a Red Pro show, didn't it? <laughs> I'm saying nothing. Um, <laughs> the 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 so the UK is represented by a spongy faced CG lion. Yeah. Um. Uh, and the US is represented by a CG eagle, which is slightly better. Until they do um, little buffers in the ad breaks, which will just be like a clip of the lion roaring or the eagle squawking. And the eagle one is clearly just the guy going Bwack! into the microphone. It's hilarious. I laughed every time. And it's also interspersed with clips of just like people doing like body slams and. Yeah. So the opening task. Yeah. So there's a guy in like American flag face paint. There's a guy in union flag face paint. Um, like, and I guess the idea is like they're having a match and they do like they slam each other and chuck each other about. Uh, yeah. We fall down a Doctor Who time tunnel. 
uh, and then the eagle crashes into the lion and everything explodes. Uh, I guess that means it's time for wrestling. <laughs> it certainly is. It's mm. uh, our very own version of the G1. With, uh, <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> with um, 16 wrestlers in a round-robin tournament. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I guess they've kind of done it this way to kind of make it a bit more sports-like and relatable to the average sports fans. Like, they, like if you're a football fan tuning into this, like, mm-hmm. if you're a person who watches the World Cup, you understand group stages followed by uh, followed by a knockout section. And that's exactly how this tournament is formatted. Yeah. But, like, if you, I say if you compare at this time to, two fa- you know, people who would have seen 2000s WWE maybe and... 2000s WCW, the you, you can tell the production from an ITV standpoint. They still use that template on when they return with World of Sport. Yeah, very much so. I mean, this would have been made on like one percent the budget of an episode of Raw. Yeah, I guess. Um, I believed. Uh, I think it's sometime around 2000. An episode of Raw cost approximately one million dollars. And that's like that's taking everything to account, like you know, well, then production, get... pyro, the whole the whole works. Yeah, it, this like everybody involved in this show, if they pulled all the money they've ever made, you would not get to a million dollars. One thing I did one of my notes here is I thought that uh, wrestling ring looks like a ring you'd buy to sleep in. You know, you'd probably buy off like Wish. It is really small, isn't it? Yeah, my feet would be hanging off the apron. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but British wrestling rings like are generally smaller. Like there's the, the we talked about it before. There's the there's the the twenty footer that was going around at this kind of time in mm. Manchester, maybe. But like, I am guessing this is like the nicest ring that Hammerlock could find. That they yeah. would be you know taking around whatever leisure centres and community centres they were working in at this point. Funnily enough, um, Hammerlock are making a return under another... uh, Yeah, they are. Interesting. Another person. I think it's um, Billy Billy Wood, who was uh, running uh, IPW most recently. He's had a few few companies, but uh, yeah, they're bringing back uh, the Hammerlock name, like October, November. See how it does. See how long that lasts. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, uh, let's get into uh, the matches now. Mm. First match, the Vigilante, just the Vigilante. Yeah, they did try to give everybody a character for the most part. Yeah, um, so it was the Vigilante, Johnny Moss. Mm-hmm. This is uh, the Cumbrian Cowboy. That was, a, that was a terrible nickname because, and the American commentator was right, it makes him look like a wannabe American in a competition where he's fighting Americans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know what he was dressed like. He was like his funny little hat and his waistcoat. It was he didn't look like a vigilante, and he didn't look like a cow- cowboy. He might look like a Cumbrian, but that was about it. I, t- I would say I've not, I've not seen many wild horses in Egremont. Where, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's where he's from, isn't it? He's got a um, so he's been around forever. Um, uh, we used him when I worked in RQW. Um, mm. towards the end of that disaster. Um, he's been around the scene since the late 90s, uh, training school in Cumbria, which has got loads of spelling mistakes on the front page of their website, I discovered today. Uh, and I guess he's also out of a job because he was a coach for NXT UK. No, I think he's um, still working in America. They do oh, use America quite a bit. 
He's, so, he's got. A, he's got. He has a rep for being a good trainer. Yeah, I think whenever. Well, there was always a running joke when he'd um, was booked for PCW. He'd never turn up. <laughs> one of these. One of these wrestlers like the Hooligans who'd never turn up. But when he did turn up, he was like, like really good. Yeah. Yeah. He's decent. Really good worker. Hmm. I, I think. Um, no, I think. Well, this was about two thousand. I, I did watch like a one. Like a one PW show, which he was on in a four way against Martin Stone, and he's like twice the size of what he looks here. He packed on, yeah. In in uh, in a couple of years, he packed on a lot of muscle. He is a he is a uh, boulders for shoulders kind of guy. Oh yeah, yeah. So his opponent here, it's not only than TNA's own David Young. Yes. My note does say some old farts like us might remember him from early TNA. And yeah. I remember him as being decent. Like, he looks like crap. He does not have a good body. He doesn't have a good face. He doesn't have a good build. But he's a really good wrestler. He was, he was in, like, the very early X Division. With um, Elix Skipper. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember those matches, yeah. The Messiah of the Spinebuster, David Young. Here he has two belts for some reason. Why would you let anybody bring a title belt? to a tournament this is one of my i might as well get out of the way this is one of my problems with the whole setup of this they bring in too much pre-existing stuff from the outside this should exist in a bubble yeah these characters have never met before the crowd wouldn't have a no the crowd doesn't matter the belts just muddy everything at least four people i think come out with titles david young has two here oh and he stole a t-shirt off matt hardy i know i put a red bondage top <laughs> Johnny Moss could see his face in it. It was so shiny. Um, they announced that the matches had five-minute time limits, which I guess at least is going to keep the action going. Oh, yeah. And then... I wish Brit rested that more. Now <laughs> so the idea is that if there's a winner within the five minutes, that guy gets three points. If it goes the distance, it goes to referee's decision, and the winner there gets two points, and the loser gets one for, for going the distance. They then completely fucking ruin this stipulation in match number one when it ends. It goes to the time limit in a very heavily edited two minutes and 23 seconds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I think I put that. Bloody hell, that was quick. I have no notes about the match itself. Like, I don't think you can rate it. Like, it's all so it's all very basic stuff, but it's badly shot. There's loads of cutting to the crowd, and half of the match got chopped out in the edit. And then the referee decides that Johnny Moss wins. I put the Wiley Coyote cam. They didn't yeah. have a camera from right up top. Yeah, they don't. So they don't really have a hard cam. They've got a couple of they got a couple of guys on the floor, and they've got a crane. And that's mm -hmm. kind of. Do you remember when? Um, NXT, the, the the big production difference they made with NXT, one of the earlier incarnations was it didn't have a hard cam. It had a, like the the floating crane. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. this is that like ten years before before NXT. Um, yeah. Uh, in case you're interested, this project is not mentioned at all on David Young's Wikipedia page. <laughs> God, you must have had a bad time in uh, Southampton. Yeah. Um. So they've got a backstage interviewer girl called sophie blake sophie blake yeah yeah and david young goes back there well he doesn't go back there like you cut back there and she's suddenly interviewing him lots of stuff gets cut out for time on these shows um and he gives this ranty promo about how he's going to kill the next brit he steps in the ring with and she takes in all of this like like nodding along with him and then finishes with thank you david like he's just passed her the salt 
I, I did put you down all the personality of a wet fish. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say things like that when I got a mouthful of water. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she she wasn't especially high for his, her incisive interview technique. I don't think. Oh no. And that is not a sexist comment. If it had been a man doing the same thing, I would say exactly the same. She yeah. like she had scripted questions to ask. She then had to stand there and listen to the answer and then say, thank you, insert wrestler name here. Now back to the action. And that was her entire role. It's very similar to World of Sport. They yeah. had a similar type of um, like backstage interview with there. But mm. it, it, there were, it, when we were saying about the, like, the commentary team, he... Um, I think they made a, uh, a joke about um, Johnny Moss saying he's uh, su- supposedly shooting blanks. Oh, and, uh, it's, yeah, that's um, Carlson making all like, the cowboy mm. jokes. Mm. So these two are in Group A. We should yeah. say that. If we're keeping track of this nonsense as we go along, like okay. the, this is the first match in Group A. Uh, yeah. uh, Vigilante has declared the winner, so he gets two points and David Young gets one. Yes. Second match. Now, here we go. Now it is a blast from the past. He always this name always turned up in Power Slam magazine. Like, <laughs> it, oh, it's the NWA champion Gary Steele. Yeah, shall we talk about his title reign? Go on. Uh, he won it in a three-way match from uh, Naoya Ogawa, who was the champion, and another guy I can't remember, to become the first ever British NWA World Champion yeah. in front of seven hundred people in the US, and he held it for a week before Ogawa won it back. That was it. But he would like, like there was a time when Steve Carino had a sway within the NWA a couple of years later. And yeah. like he would bring back Gary Steele and do, they, they had a, I, I don't know if you can imagine Gary Steele in a ladder match with his style, but Steve Carino and Gary Steele had a ladder match with the NWA title that went to a no contest. No contest in a ladder match? Yes. Neither of them ended up winning the title, and then they did a rematch involving other people where they finally crowned a champion. Um, the NWA was like, I mean, the NWA has large was largely a mess between WCW leaving them in '93, um, and then uh, TNA. I said TNA was launched as NWA TNA. It was, yeah, and they kind of. That helped build the NWA world title back up a bit. Um, yeah, and then it Jack became was, a mess Jack again. Jarrett had the belt, didn't he? Who did? Jarrett had yes. the belt, didn't Yeah, he? yeah. Um, yeah, it seems like once every 10 years, like the, the NWA will get one or two good years and then it will just sort of disappear again. Like, I don't, I have no idea what Billy Corgan's doing with it at the moment. I think like Trevor Murdoch's a champion or something. Yeah, what a great choice. I know he's like Trevor Murdoch and Brodus Clay, and who honestly would buy a ticket for that match? Maybe Brodus Clay's mum. Like after he calls his mama, hey mama, buy a ticket. You know, like... <laughs> no, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> are you arm washing? Yeah, um, yeah. It's no rubbish. <laughs> there were a time, weren't there, when it was all. Um... When Aldis had the belts and he had mm. Tim Storm run, going for it, and it was always on YouTube, easy to watch. And then the, er- the early episodes of Power were loads of fun. Then stuck it on pay per view, and it was th- yeah. that's where they died on yeah. its ass. Yeah. Um, anyway. Anyway. That's all round about the NWA. I was going to say about um, when Steve Carino was facing Gary Steele, was 0 1 around then? 
That I think was later because Carino also tried to revive the AWA. Right. Like he had a, he had a big hard on for like dead American promotions. Uh, and that, like they tried to do like AWA UK over here as well. We, right. Like American Wrestling Association United Kingdom doesn't make any sense. NXT UK take over Dublin. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. And so his opponent here mm-hmm. is an up one, Sin. Yeah. Which was the former Yoshi Kwan. Yeah. Uh, Chris uh, Champion. Chris Champion, yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, so I was doing like, I was trying to get like a, like a note on everybody in this thing. Yeah. Um, uh, he debuted in 1986. Uh, and like, as you said there, like I mostly know him from his, it was acceptable in the 90s gimmick of Yoshi Kwan in WCW, where they pretended he was from Hong Kong. Yeah, but a bit racist. He, he's not. He's he's uh, he was born in Worcester here. All right. Yeah. Um. He was also a Dusty Rose booked time traveler on NWA Worldwide for a bit, uh, and he also wrestled as a Ninja Turtle. So he said he had quite the career. He passed away in 2018, but like he had um he had quite the career of interesting gimmicks. Decent worker. Not necessarily here though. <laughs> No, I, I put he looks like a shit Gene Simmons, doesn't he? <laughs> I put he looks like. Do you remember Damien Six Six Six? Yes. Yeah, he looks like he has raided Sable's wardrobe because he's wearing this all like all in one shiny vinyl cat suit. Yeah, it's not a good look. Um, uh, yeah, I did quite like. Um, I can't remember which one of the commentaries said it. Uh, which one of the commentators said it sin comes out and he goes this guy he's gothic what it takes and that popped me <laughs> um so this like this was much faster paced than the than the first match um uh like they were doing doing like flying elbows and spinning kicks and all the rest of it uh i think so steel takes most of the match but the referee gives it to sin anyway in the first yeah. of many dodgy calls <laughs> Oh, there's a lot of dodgy refereeing. It, it was he called Jay Jay Summer in it, the referee. I, I want I kept wanting to say JJ Perry, but that's the name of a stuntman. Um, yeah, it's J, it's Jay something is the American one, and I can't remember who the British one was. Both of them look like they were about eighty five, but are just John, like, put, John Hall. Not they the, both um, looked John like Hall pensioners who put boot polish in their hair to appear younger for TV, like my granddad used to do. <laughs> or Mick McManus. Yes, yeah. exactly. My my granddad was like. I wouldn't say the spit, but he did look a bit like Mick McManus, <laughs> particularly in the hair color. Um, yeah, like, again, it's another match you can't really rate. They do another, like, it's another five-minute draw, although they cut less out of this one. Yeah. Um, St- Steel got commented on um, uh, having um Austin Powers set of teeth. Which you can't see on Longplay VHS on YouTube. You can't. They looks a bit no. grainy for me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Whoever uploaded this has left the adverts in. Oh yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I am going to mention the adverts. Yeah, <laughs> a coke ad where a parrot seems to mime deep throating a cock to get a guy to buy a bottle of coke. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on? Um. <laughs> um dear. Um, I think I've thrown him off. Yeah. Uh, on this match, anyway, I did put yeah. Steel looks technically sound with drop kicks and headlocks, but surely he needs to do less rest holds in a five-minute match. That Yeah, and I understand wanting to do wrestling on a wrestling show, but mm-hmm. if your matches are five minutes 
as you 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 say like cut that stuff out or have it reversed quickly. Yeah, you need yeah. to be like Ken Kenta and Ricky Marvin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they've torn it up in to, this. Go and listen to them. We'll see matches. Oh, uh, but here we go. Third match. Oh God! First, the first mildly racist gimmick of the day. <laughs> uh, so it's Rick Michaels, the American, mm-hmm. um, who's one half of Bad Attitude, versus the Kung <laughs> Kung Fu. <laughs> you can't even say it. I'm just, I'm just thinking of the promo. <laughs> <laughs> I also wrote, I probably wrote more notes about the promo than I did about the match. <laughs> so it's not, it's not like a, not like an interview type promo. It's like a, uh, it's a vignette of like, like to establish his character. So like an interview with him as he's walking. Look, he's talking to the cameras. He's walking down the street. Um, they show like clips of him wrestling, all that kind of yeah. like all the things you should do to build up a character in like forty five seconds, sixty seconds maybe. This guy couldn't look any more of a geek. Fucking hell, he looks and sounds like Phil Daniels, but with none of the charisma. <laughs> And had oh, this incredible nice. line. It's all shot in like a super tight close-up. So, like, bear in mind this is the era of square TVs, and his face fills the entire frame. And he said, "He's, I think he's from Essex. I think he's from Grays." And Grays he says, in Essex. He says, yeah. "I may look stupid in the ring. I may do something fancy." <laughs> like, don't tell us you look stupid. Now I think you look stupid. He doesn't believe a word of what he's saying. He's it's lame as fuck. He looked like an absolute dork. As far as I could figure out, um, up until this point, he went by Dean Champion. That was his ring name. And then the the Kung Fu Kid quote unquote gimmick was debuted on these tapings. Yeah. And it certainly seems like a gimmick that's been given a total of 10 minutes thought before he walks through the curtain. Just a absolute loser. <laughs> Yeah, I, I put that small promo from our gap to Kung Fu Man in a Keck Grace camp. <laughs> but the clips, <laughs> clips of him wrestling as well. He's like the martial arts, quote unquote, they showed were terrible. Yeah. He he did a uh, flying head scissors where he landed on his own head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, um, oh, he's also come to the ring by a woman who never gets named. Oh no, she never gets named. No, no, it I don't know. It's a bit like um, that, you know, Gemini who turns up later. She at least got a name. Yeah, and I did have to like squint to make sure she wasn't the same as whoever this was. Um, uh, so Rick Michaels is sort of like your standard issue random American indie indie guy of the time. Like, so they all, all of most of the Americans like they all worked in the, like the Tennessee and Kentucky area. Yeah. Um, the commentator says, uh, you'll see Rick Michaels has bad attitude written across his back. And I thought they meant the back of his gear. No, this fucking clown has got it tattooed across his shoulder blades. Bloody hell. Yeah. That's like Undertaker tattoo across the uh, the throat neck. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess like you can't see your regrets if they're on your back, can you? <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, kid tries a shit kick and immediately gets clotheslined into oblivion. Um, he spends most of the match getting absolutely hammered. And then according to the commentators, and I had to rewind this, this wound me right up, comes back and bear in mind, he is called Kung Fu Kid. He apparently comes back with karate chops and a judo kick. 
There are no kicks in judo. It's a throwing art. Um, I thought you were going to say um, they actually called him Egg Poo more than Kung Fu. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Kung Fu kid. Um, yeah, he nearly brains himself on the floor with a top rope somersault dive. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then my next note calls him Dipshit Kid. So uh, he gets back in the ring and he poses on the middle rope. Uh, Michaels then gives the skinny twerp a black tiger bomb and a frog splash for the pin. Good. Like, I, unfortunately, we have to watch two more Kung Fu Kid matches at the very least. I was hoping this would be the only one. Ah, oh, just everything about him screams loser. He's it. The whole presentation is terrible. The thing was, he didn't even have any Kung Fu gear, did he? No. It was just like just bait just basic you know at least put some you know genie pants on like bloody great old can did when yeah. he came over yeah no and his kicks were rubbish and like i i mean com- compared this kung fu kid to those guys from the shaolin temple that that shima found mm, yeah night and day yeah just uh he's going to become my favorite slash least favorite person through this run i think just <laughs> he, he wins he wins promo of the year doesn't he <laughs> oh dear um, <laughs> match four now whoa yes. whoa whoa it's magic it sure you know, is from coventry versus the australian coming out of america aussie yeah. rules yeah um uh magic comes out he's he's breathing fire like ricky steamboat used to do he looks like he's going larping after this like he's probably <laughs> Going to go and cut down some orcs in a forest. Um, uh, I'm going to take the piss, but I like magic. Like he's a really nice dude. <laughs> I always, I always used to see. It was, I think it was like your pro wrestling Noah's and that uh, Sky Dome, and he was behind the merch desk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, that's seen. that's where he's from. Um, uh, yeah, so he's a, like a, a Coventry guy. He's been around for donkey's years. I once ended up at a wedding with him. Um, Cage Match claims this is his debut, but I don't think that's right. Uh, he's been on the UK scene forever. I work with him in RQW again, like some a whole bunch of the other guys in this. Um, hasn't wrestled much for a few years, but he was recently announced on that Hammerlock revival you were talking about. Right. Um, Aussie Rules is an Australian, legitimately based, legitimately Australian, legitimately based in Nashville. Uh, usual, usually wrestled under his real name of Ashley Hudson. Uh, did loads of Tennessee Indies um, and would do a bunch of jobs on uh, WCW Worldwide in the summer of 2000. And then he appeared on a couple of the early NWA TNA weekly pay-per-view shows when they started. And then seemingly he just retired in 2003 and that was it. That was his career. Me, me one note about him was he looks a bit like a budget John Cronus. <laughs> <laughs> or Magic looked like a goth twig. They call him Magic because he's shaped like a wand. <laughs> he, tur- he turned sideways and disappeared at one point. <laughs> the, um, so the commentators are talking about Aussie rules and they're trying to explain like how he's an Australian who's ended up in Nashville and the British guy's up in arms like, well, oh, you're supposed to bring Americans. You're not allowed to have an Australian. And the American commentator says, and this is a quote, it's the boomerang effect. They start out in one place and they end up somewhere else. That's a javelin, mate. The whole point of a boomerang is it fucking comes back. Um, yeah, super basic, like fast, fast fight. It, it's the fast baby face against a strong heel. Uh, and then Aussie hits a slingshot leg drop for the pin. Fine, 
just like filler, I guess. Yeah, I think what what I'll say probably from well before we get into the two shows, the second show's more the wrestling show. This I is- think like they edited this one together and realized like it's not quite what it should be and we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves but the second show is has better wrestling and is put together better than this yeah yeah but what's probably not put together well is the next uh backstage <laughs> thing psycho steve is seen backstage talking to himself Fuck me! What a god this fella is. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get onto him in his match, I think, later on. But yeah, but I've, oh, yeah. sorry, no, no, no. Of all the names you can pick for yourself, could you pick anything more generico than Psycho Steve? You Doesn't think... even have a not even Psycho Steve Rogers, Psycho Steve Williams. No, it can't be Steve Williams. But Can you know what I mean. It's just like. So when, lame, and he's when, not psychotic in any way. No, but when you think of that, oh, psycho Steve, he must be like 250 pounds. A dog no, and, no. Yeah. he's like, I don't know, 5'8 and maybe 13 stones soaking wet. <laughs> yeah, anyway, adverts yeah. now. Oh, yeah, so we have one for um Heineken back in the day, Radox, which used to be like the um, you know, like the lush. But uh, lush of its era. <laughs> it's uh, so I'm aging myself here. I still buy Radox for when I like I to have a nice, a nice bath, yeah. but I always associate it with my grandparents because I always remember going to their house as a kid and seeing it on the seeing it on the side of the bath. Yeah, yeah. Always, either that or fucking old old spice for aftershave back in the day. That was the uh, <laughs> the old person's uh, choice of uh, smellies. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, Radox. Now you still get it for a quid from a B and M bargains or yeah, um, yeah. Um, Black Gold Nest Cafe. Mm-hmm. Mm, nice. <laughs> Not a coffee guy. I never really have been. So like, I, 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 as I mentioned when I worked for RQW, they were based in Dagenham. At the mm. time, I lived in Hemel Hempstead. And if anybody doesn't know, that's a long way apart, and I don't drive. So it would be two hours on the train slash tube every day, each way. And I would have to be there for nine o'clock in the morning. I am not the best sleeper. And there was one day where I hadn't had any sleep. And it's like, fuck, how do people do this? How do they get through the day? And I was like, they drink coffee. So on the way, I picked up a large coffee and I drank it on the train. And it got to about 10 o'clock and I was watching back and edit. And I suddenly realized I was gripping the edge of the desk as hard as I could. And I couldn't let go. And I was like, maybe caffeine isn't for me. <laughs> but the energy and since then, you, that well. would have been that getting on for 13 years ago. And um, I can probably count the number of straight coffees I've had on one hand since. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh me and excessive amounts of caffeine apparently don't mix. Well, talking of things that shouldn't have mixed, (laughs) talking of things that shouldn't have mixed match number five. Now I was trying to work out, was this ruckus? No, no. My very first note is this is not the good ruckus. He, this guy is twice the size for a start. He looks like Tony Atlas. He don't, he, he fucking does. That was yeah. one of my yeah. Yeah, he looks like Tony Atlas. The biggest thing I could find that he'd ever done was a cage match with Ron Killings in 1999. 
and he seems to have only had one more match after these tapings and then vanished. Like, he was only around for about three or four years. Yeah. He's not very good. Speaking of not very good. Oh, fucking hell. The Tank, tank from Liverpool. Who seems to have been given that name because his real surname is Sherman. So he's a Sherman Tank. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, his, his real name's... His real name is Dave Sherman, yeah. Right. And he gets a Kung Fu Kid-style um, character vignette. Um, he's actually, he's like, he's not super charismatic, but he's quite funny. Like, I imagine he yeah. might be a laugh to have at a party. I, I put he's, he's a typical Liverpool doorman. Yeah, fair enough. You imagine him <laughs> outside bloody one of the Irish bars. Yeah. The big <laughs> Irish bars in the centre. Yeah, but I can't believe they used a shot from a training session where he, like, they finish it with a joke, but he trips running the ropes and falls straight out of the ring. <laughs> so the two British lads who've been given profiles so far look like complete fucking idiots. <laughs> they just end the promo with the uh, other wrestlers who were around the ring at the time just laughing the cock off. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, so he's, he's, he has two catchphrases he's decided. Uh, tank is going to spank a yank and you can take that to the bank. Yeah. Uh, and the other one is who let the tank out. And when he falls out the ring, the dress like, fucking hell, you're all right. And you just hear from down beside the ring, who let the tank out? <laughs> it must have, that must have been around the time of uh, the Baha men doing who let the dogs out. Yeah, I don't remember when that was. That probably was like 2000, wasn't it? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, this absolute klutz. He's a big, he's huge, but like he takes 25 steps to run the ropes. He's got Rob Van Dam feet. <laughs> um, bloody, um, fucking hell, what's it? Bloody Sully off Monsters, Inc. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Shave Sully and just send him out there. Um, we talked about dodgy refing earlier. Yeah. Fucking hell. Right. Tank does a splash in this. The referee just forgets to count. They collide with what I called some sort of clothesline. Ruckus goes down, tank covers, and the referee forgets to count again. Uh, Ruckus hits the world's strongest slam and the Vader bomb uh, for the pin, which, again, the referee makes a mess of. This was terrible. There is no way Mossy versus David Young was worse than this, and that got cut more than this did. Oh, and during the post-match interview, Ruckus definitely sneaks a peek at Sophie's cleavage. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a couple here. Of, um, I think Getting it's a good sin, sin, sin on the um, second on the second show. Also, lads like the uh, the eyes pointing right uh, yeah. to Sophie. Yeah, dearie me. Uh, anyway, map six. Now here we go. We have got a US a good guy from the, <laughs> the US of A. <laughs> I mean, technically, this is the main event, but I hesitate to call it that. <laughs> the good guy and the prodigy. Yeah. Versus. Um, yeah, he's our first babyface American. He basically he looks like a babyface version of 1991 Steve Austin. Mm. Like yeah. they've got the same kind of like height and build, like relatively similar faces. He's got the long blonde ponytail. Um, he also went by TJ Gray, uh, and I can only find evidence on the internet of him ever having 31 <laughs> matches. Bloody hell. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, we talked a little bit about Psycho Steve. Uh, according to the commentators, he is two of the best guys in wrestling. That made me laugh as well. 
they do mention Psycho wears his mask to protect the public from seeing his face. I put a crime watch, crime watch regular. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Should have kept it on. Um, there is a section of this. We talked a little bit about the TV production. There is a yeah. section of this match that goes drop kick, crowd shot, punch, crowd shot, whip into the corner. What crimes against wrestling did they edit out of that? Particularly because they immediately go to Prodigy doing a corner 10 punch and then Steve just collapses mid monkey flip and everybody pretends it was an offensive move. Yay! And <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we also have um, in the slide buddy um, Dino Scarlo in the back, the com- just known as the commissioner. That wasn't Looking- Dino Scarlo. Was it not? That's Andre Baker. Andre Baker, sorry. Bloody yeah. hell, getting him wrong. Yeah. Fucking but, fountain but, of charisma he was as well. Yeah. I have been watching this match, and I have decided that this man has won the match. Yeah, awful. Awful. Watch it, watching his 10-inch TV from an angle as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh-huh. The only psychotic thing Steve does is the Cactus Jack clothesline to the floor to lead to the finish. Yeah. And this is one of the... I'm glad they made a story out of it because this is one of the worst finishes I think I've ever seen in a wrestling match. Russo, so, innit? They hit the floor and they fight outside. Steve gets slammed on the bare floor. The referee starts counting and stops at six and then just starts again and they go to a double count now. The commissioner comes out to make a ruling because apparently we can't have a draw and he awards the match to Steve on the basis that Prodigy was out of the ring longer. And I was fixing to get mad about this because Psycho Steve clearly hits the floor first. However, they show a replay showing that Steve hits the floor first and basically make a story out. The commentator is making, the commissioner, sorry, is making dodgy calls. Yeah, but yeah, like in a in a bubble, that finish is absolute dog shit. <laughs> yeah, it's you just you just sat there scratching your head at this yeah. finish. Yeah. Definitely. definitely, if this had been the only episode of this I had seen, I would not watch another. If we weren't like, if I just started watching this on YouTube, I would not have carried on. This is not a good hour of television. Well, um. well you know what there's episode two now yeah which is well we're back with the lads webster and um uh, carlson on commentary as they uh, get ready with the next round of the g1 uh, (laughs) g1 climax from uh, meridian studios and match one g1 climb minimum really isn't it come on (laughs) climb minimum yeah yeah Uh, so match one now, Corey Williams, who's like a, dressed as a Civil War man. Um, so it's it's worse than that. He is a black man dressed as a Confederate soldier. Oh, that is not like say like Civil War person. Yeah, it's that's not good optics, no. really. No. Um, as far as I can tell, he wrestled for about thirteen years, like mostly as a tag guy in Tennessee and Kentucky, and then again just sort of disappeared. I'm thinking. I'm just thinking of blazing saddles. Then <laughs> I don't think we can recite any of the dialogue from Blazing Saddles on this show. Although, if I've got, if I find I've got a good fart, baked bean fart brewing, I'll let you know. <laughs> so, oh yeah, it, it, it's an utter race. It's a racist 
gimmick. But you can sort yeah. of expect it with like Tennessee and that area. It's like yeah. Bumfuck, Alabama, where half of these wrestlers are from. <laughs> well, that's where they had the first TNA show, and they, you can see like visible Confederate flags in the. Uh, it's um. Uh, it, it, let's just say this would not fly in 2022. Oh, definitely not. He he would be asked to come up with something else. I think. Yeah. Um, so his opponent, uh, one of the more imagined, imaginative um, <laughs> ring names, Paul Vo- Paul Volt. Yes, I wrote that in all caps, and then what a name! Uh, real name Paul Beswick, legitimately was a pole vaulter. Right. Uh, I believe he was on the English national squad. Uh, semi-finalist in the 1994 series of Gladiators. Ooh. And for many years has been a doctor of nutrition. Yeah, so he's, he's got the... He's got it down pat. Yeah, yeah, he's a pro- proper athlete. Um, so, yeah, so Williams doesn't appreciate him doing a backflip into the ring. He calls him a gymnast and a girl. Yeah. Uh, insults Gemini, who is the woman we referred to before, who comes out with with Paul Volt, uh, and says when he's beaten Volt, he's off on holiday to France. Yeah, and he said he loves some tr- he loves trashy women, unlike Gemini. <laughs> low, st- um, low standards as our Corey. I thought this was actually quite a lot of fun. So Volt does a load of like crowd pleasing gymnastic stuff, and mm. like Williams plays the comedy heel, like uh, occasionally unleashing a decent move of his own. Um, Gemini, for her part, stands around at ringside looking gormless, and pretty much every time they cut to her, she's shaking her head in disappointment. <laughs> like, why me? Yeah. A, a, nail, a nail appointment instead of this. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is another one that goes the full five minutes. I wonder if they're going to do that in the opening match of every show to set up those rules. It's like some people didn't want to put the other person over. Maybe, yeah. It's a good way of getting out of doing a job, really. Um, yeah. Decision goes to Williams. Gemini then jumps in the ring and uncharismatic, uncharismatically threatens the ref, and then auditions to be Jenna Maraska's slap instructor by gently caressing him on the cheek, and he takes a bump in the corner. This was diabolical. This is—I would have cut this off the show. There was there was a great spot though from um, Corey where 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 they do the break and he goes sliding bollock first into the ring post. Yes. Yeah, like I said, he wasn't afraid to make a fool of himself. Yeah, I thought that. I thought that was very good. That yeah, there are hidden away in this chip. There are some like genuinely decent workers. Mm. Yeah, it, they're just probably not shown in the best light to the best lights. No, no. Match two, now here we go. Mm. Psycho Steve, the return of Psycho Steve versus Tony Kazina. Now, Tony Kazina, that, that, he's probably the most famous one of these, apart from Johnny Moss and David. Well, G- so, like, I feel like I've never seen a Tony Kazina match before this, but I've heard his name a lot, particularly in regards to training people. Mm. He was Be- trained by Matt Bourne, the original Doink the Clown. Yeah, and as far as I can figure out, he's currently the head trainer at Bad Luck Farley School in New Zealand. I know that when I saw that on his uh, Wikipedia, I thought, "Bloody hell!" And yeah. that, like like something you don't expect. But I thought, I thought, I did that name from being like a WWE job guy. For a yeah, of, but he said he only wrestled like one one match. 
maybe you just happened to see that match and like there aren't many people called Kazina, so maybe that just kind of stuck. But I yeah. again, it's a like it's a name I feel like I've heard a lot despite never having seen him before. I liked how the British commentator immediately takes the piss out of his size and then Psycho Steve comes out and he's exactly the same size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They basically said he's a midget. Yeah. Yeah. Where where does he get his gear from? Mother care. <laughs> Bastards. I have two notes about the action in this yeah. match. Steve does a fucking terrible headstand into a headbutt. A handstand into a headbutt, rather. There's a reason I've never seen anybody else do that. And then the finish is Kazina hits a flying body press legitimately seven-eighths of the way across the ring for the pin. Yeah. Um, I think this match was actually taped first because I'm pretty sure, I mean, we'll likely get onto it to the next episode. I have, in my research, I read that in the Prodigy match, Psycho Steve dislocated his shoulder and that was him done for the tournament and it was replaced. Right. But they don't mention any of that. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, and as far as I can see, this was taped on day one, and then the 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 prodigy match was taped day two. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah so we we won't see any more of Cycle Steve now, will we? No. Something else you won't see any more of. There was an ad for Ask Jeeves. I, right. I was going to ask about Ask Jeeves. <laughs> that 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 was like it was that and bloody Lycos and yeah, yeah. Not not the, not the guy in the wolf mask. Yeah, with a C, not a K. Yeah, so your your search engines were were Yahoo, Lycos, and Ask Jeeves around this time. None of those really exist anymore. No. The other thing that doesn't exist anymore, there was an ad for Blockbuster in this in this ad break. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I, I ever got anything from Blockbuster. I got loads of stuff. So it... like, I I lived near a couple of them. Yeah. Uh, and I would buy their ex rental tapes as well. They would they would sell them off like in big in big bins after a while. Yeah, and I would just I would go down there and clean up. In you had to fast forward through like fifteen minutes of trailers before you got to see your movie. And they yeah. came in the giant cases as well. Yeah, yeah. I used to have loads of that stuff. But yeah, that ask, ask Jeeves. It it like the adverts very similar to like. Um... But he'd asking your Alexa machine, Alexa, what do I do now? And I can't say that out loud because I've got one in this room, <laughs> and it's been set off by people on the TV before now. <laughs> Bastard in Roy Cropper. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, match three now. Um, it's the Prodigy making his return. This is um, John Ryan, um, the bad boy of British wrestling. Yeah, with uh, Mike White. Um, one of me not see but how I could remember John Ryan was he ended up doing um, a few death matches uh, with Paulsman Havoc. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he uh, trained that little twat. Um, didn't do a good job, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's another guy who's been around forever. He was someone else we dragged through RQW. Sorry. Um, we did the John Ryan five minute challenge where he'd batter jobbers. Right. Uh, and on one occasion when a more established star, we wanted him to be conveniently didn't turn up. Um, he had to uh, wrestle Exodus who only had his mask in the car and not the rest of his gear. So his jeans and t-shirt and mask Exodus against John Ryan. <laughs> that match never made TV. I've only ever known John Ryan bald. So seeing yeah. him with hair, 
He had yeah. a lovely head of hair, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looked like he's wearing a wig. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it looked totally different from my... It's, it's so weird. I've also once somehow ended up on a plane to Latvia with John Ryan. Not together. <laughs> like, he just happened to be on my flight. Oh, John Ryan. Yeah, it was. Uh, so me and my girlfriend were going for a nice, uh, we're going for a nice weekend in Riga. He was going for whatever reason with like he was with two other dudes, um, and also on the same flight were ten blokes dressed as bananas going on a stag weekend. And then on the flight back, there were seven blokes dressed as dirty bananas coming back, looking worse for wear. What happened to the other three? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know if the men got left behind or just the costumes. The bananas went off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, the, the, this match, um, it's a lot of um, you know Mike White getting involved, isn't it? He he rips into the ring announcer. So Mike White is someone who's been around Hamlock for a long time. He's he was a referee a lot, I think. Right. He was he he is a, he's quite a good friend of Dean Ayers, I seem to recall. Yeah. Um, and like he's trying to do like a heel manager thing here, and comes out with to the ring announcer. It looks like they've heard, hired Lurch from the Adams family. So go back to looking after. The Adams family. He does his entire promo pointing his finger, which made me laugh. Um, and then like he gets out of the ring and we get what I called perfectly competent leisure center wrestling. Hmm. Yeah. Like, I, I put that as well. It's fine, match. Uh shit finish. In the, in, in the end, it um ends up with Prodigy getting uh, pushed off like the uh off the like the t- the ropes. But it He's, just looked like it just looked like he just did a flip by himself because Yeah, the, he did, so he's standing the on the middle rope. Mike White gently pushes him. Prodigy decides to do a full swanton bomb to himself. Yeah. Uh, and then Ryan just covers him for the pin. I'm never a fan of one guy falls over, other guy gets the pin. The guy getting the pin should do a move. Yeah. Doesn't so have to be his finisher. Like a finality. Yeah, splash, leg drop, elbow drop, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, like you should do something to get the win. Um, the referee, because of how he positioned, could definitely see the interference as well. Because yeah. uh, Ryan forgets to spin him round when he go gets up in his face. Um yeah. it turns out Prodigy has a slightly high-pitched southern accent. <laughs> uh calls out the commissioner, asks him to overturn the decision, and Andre Commissioner says. There is nothing to overturn, and the decision stands. And that was it. Yeah. We said this episode was better, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we did, but uh, I do think like the wrestling portion has been, has been good, like like we've said. Uh, less yeah. cut out. Yeah. Match four. Well, there's one nope. more thing I want to get in before that. Prodigy's yeah. then interviewed backstage. He speaks very fast. Yeah. And Miss Blake calls him the prodigy every time so instead of like prodigy prodigy but she'll be the prodigy you lost your match what do you think and then at the end after he's finished ranting she goes the prodigy thank you now back to the ring she wanted to cop off with prodigy (laughs) the wcw yeah the summer slam hope he was a fire starter but yeah we go match four now it's magic again Mm -hmm. it's magic this is uh, Johnny Moss, well, the vigilante, the yeah. accompanying cowboy, yep. riding on his horse into the Meridian TV studios. What fucking horse? <laughs> no fucking He up. left it in the car park. Um, either Magic fucks up his fire breathing or the camera misses it. 
because the shot from the shot you have, he just looks like a bloke spitting a vodka shot at a stick. There is no fire in the frame. No. Um, this match was uh, gave me my favourite line of commentary of these two episodes. Go on. Where the British commentator goes, magic may not appear to be that big, but of course he is wrestling from another dimension, Mike. Like, as matter-of-factly as that, yeah. I pissed myself. <laughs> Apart from that, the commentators sound like they've given up in this match. I think the crowd had given up uh, by yeah. about match four or five. They were doing less, like, you know, stuff with the foam fingers yeah. and yaying and booing. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a little bit of a spoiler. Not only is there four blocks of a round-robin tournament, there's semi-finals and finals of that tournament or maybe quarters as well quarters, quarters. and they and they do uh a mini tag team tournament and they do a women's match and they did all of this in two days fucking hell it's crazy like though the crowds must i mean the wrestlers must have been knackered this is why they kept the matches to five minutes yeah we've the wrestlers got a must have been knackered. Bit in a the lot crowd must have been knackered and you just know so like from a TV production standpoint, this wouldn't have been shot like a regular wrestling show. They wouldn't have done like uh, intros, match, finish, backstage, intros, match, finish, backstage. They would be like all kinds of like floor manager production shit going on in between. They would have shot this like a TV show, not a wrestling show. Yeah. So there would have been like so much sitting around. I, I remember being obviously there for the World of Sport tapings like the first mm. time around and they'd have a match and then he'd be probably about five, ten, five or ten minutes and we've got our next bit now and yeah, getting positions and what have you and let people who have left like, get people filling up the seats and yeah. oh God. Yeah. This would have been hell. Hell. Hell yes. to be now. <laughs> yes. Uh so I think Magic gets a couple of suplexes in the middle of this, but like this is just a squash for Vigilante. He looked—I've got to say—he looked really good. Yeah, no, um, he did look good. Was a Michinoku driver? What he won with? Uh, followed by a split-legged moonsault. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They did completely fuck a vertical suplex that nobody bothered to edit out, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very agile, weren't he? Moss doing a moonsault. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he he could move. Yeah, absolutely. Match five now. Oh, we mm. did have an advert for AngliaTV.com. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, the stuff that looks like a softcore porno with uh with like shots of the Anglia website edited in. It's really weird. And um, before match five, they do. David Young gets two promos to build up a match that I thought was happening in seconds. Like they give you the impression that David Young versus Aussie rules is next. Exactly next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sophie Blake shows she doesn't know how to hold a microphone and points it directly at the camera at the end of the interview. <laughs> and they what? do all this build for Aussie rules versus David Young. And then it's sin versus ruckus instead. Yeah. It's, it seems like it's like, I don't know, just, all together out of order but i would say though david young was nice to her sophie in the back eventually yeah <laughs> another one who wanted to cop off that night <laughs> but um, yeah ma- ma- match five yeah sin versus uh ruckus and i put a shrill voice in the crowd says get an haircut you greasy scruff <laughs> <laughs> was it a young ben corrigan it might have been <laughs> This is the match where the camera ops gave up. 
one of them does the wobbliest so the, the it's called a roadie run where yeah. you basically kind of hold the camera low and run towards whatever you're whatever you're filming wwf would do it all the time for entrances in the 80s and 90s down the big aisle he this guy is like he's running on springs it's so wobbly and then it's closely followed by a shot is that is at a complete 90 degree angle it's so weird uh both guys are playing heel neither of them are very good at it no um uh sin gets battered mostly with headlocks and shoulder blocks ruckus then just misses a top rope headbutt sin covers him pulls his trousers for the pin uh i can't decide if this is better or worse than the other ruckus match I, to be honest, I thought Ru- Ruckus on my notes here. I put probably the best of these lads. I thought I thought it was he was passable. I do, Sin mm. Sin just looked like a bag of shit in a bin bag. <laughs> yes. yes, he very much did. He, he then does a comedy terrible. interview afterwards about all about his hair. Yeah, because I'm worth it. He's like the David Ginnaller of uh, a. Yeah. <laughs> Of the piece, um, I, 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 obviously with like Ruckus missing missing the uh, splash, he just made Sin just lucky. Yeah, in yeah. The like, a lot of the finishes on these shows are very poor. Like mm. I all I tend to hope the matches go to a time limit because then you don't have to watch a shit finish. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Shall we get into the main event now? Yes. Which is uh, David Young with Rick Michaels, his uh, tag team partner from Bad Attitude, versus Aussie Rules, who has um, finger me Bob in the corner. Corey, Corey. Williams. They Corey call Williams. themselves. They call themselves the New South. That's their tag team gimmick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the <laughs> the American uh, Mike. What's his face? Is the American commentator, isn't it? Mike Carlson. Yeah. He says, these guys are called the New South. They aren't your usual Georgia crackers. And I'm like, fucking hell. (laughs) It it felt strange here because it it, it did feel like they just shunned all the UK, US stuff, like initially from the first episode. It is, yeah. It's quite difficult because, like, like, there's two of each in every block. Yeah. And generally, the Americans are playing heel. So at some point, two foreign heels have to face off against each other, uh, which we've had like in two matches back to back on this show. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, Aussie Rules gets one of the uh, one of the character vignettes. Um, all these done have done so far is to show how uncharismatic these wrestlers are. Mm. None of them have added anything to the the people they're about. Sure, surely if it was, you know, we've been being called Aussie Reels, and I think one of the commentators makes mention of it, where he said, oh, he's a former Aussie Reels player. Mm. We should actually do some video of him actually kicking a, kicking a ball around a circular field and some... <laughs> some Try, Trying uh, to find the corners of a circle, wondering yeah, so why he hasn't got some, any sleeves on his jumper, yeah. Yeah, and some person there in a butcher's coat doing the old, like, try thing. <laughs> It, it made more sense. Get him over more. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what there is to say about this match. Really, uh, they fight upstairs into the crowd. Uh, I don't know if they they had cleared that beforehand. Um, 
Then they fight back down again. Uh, Aussie has the advantage, throws Young back into the ring, misses the slingshot leg drop that he won his first match with and walks straight into Young's spinebuster for the pin. Um, my next note says, actually not a bad TV match. I watched this last week and a lot has happened since last week. Yeah, um, yeah this is it's not a bad TV match, so I guess it wasn't a bad TV match. But They look two of the more competent ones, don't they, Kieran? Yeah, yeah. Like, Young for sure is. Like, I... Again, going into this, like I knew he was good. Um, yeah. uh, Michaels cuts a promo telling Corey he's going to beat him in their match next week. Uh, they have a big brawl and what I called yellow shirt teenage haircut security come in to break it up. They've all got curtains. Proper, proper uh, late 90s. Uh, the late 90s schoolboy haircut. Yeah. All there, dude. Yeah. What, one thing I thought after the match, like, oh, they're probably going to have a tag team match down the way. And now you said earlier that there mm-hmm. is a tag team tournament. Yeah. It's got to be these in the final then. I, 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 so I've tried not to look ahead, but like in doing research, it's hard not to find stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, I think it's either a four-team knockout tournament or it's a three-team round robin. I, I don't know. And I kind of don't want to until we get onto it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's uh, episode two done with. Shall we uh, treat this like a sport and go through the group standings? Yeah, go, go ahead. It's All like right. the G1. Yeah, here we go. Group A, your leader is the Vigilante on five points. David Young has four points. Aussie Rules has three points. And poor old Magic has nothing. Group B, Sin has five. Ruckus is on three. Gary Steele is on one. And Tank has nothing. Group C, Psycho Steve, uh, John Ryan, and Tony Kazina all have three points, and poor old Stone Cold Prodigy only has one. And then Group D, uh, Michaels has three, Corey has two, uh, Pole Vault has one, and uh, the Kung Fu dickhead has nothing. Kung <laughs> Fu dickhead. Um... You know what? Out of that, or how they built it up, you'd think the the prodigy should get a couple, a few wins. I mean, cool. that that story has to go somewhere, right? Like yeah. the the something we didn't mention is after the uh, the the prodigy versus John Ryan match, the commissioner is seen shaking hands with Mike White, the dodgy manager, on the way out. So, like, there has to be a story about him being Bullied. on the take. Yeah. Yeah, with something against the Prodigy, as he's ruled against him twice now. Yeah. Um, and Prodigy seems to be the only babyface American. Oh, yeah. Was, well, he was well, cutting well, promos about how he's been welcomed into the UK and that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, they sort of tried to make Corey like a, a bit of a babyface, didn't they? In the, yeah, but in his, the par- his partner's a heel. Yeah. And if I was going to make any one of those two a babyface, it would be Aussie rules. I'd play, play on the Commonwealth thing. Mm. Where like the Americans, like maybe he loses his first first match or first two, and like the rest of the Americans start to reject him. So like he can't, while he can't officially switch teams, like he becomes more of a babyface. And I don't know, you can do a grudge match with him against one of the Americans, like in in the on the the show with the final on it, like on the undercard of the final, that kind of thing. For a picture of the Queen or something like that. Yes, yeah. If he wins, he gets a lovely picture of the Queen. Uh, if he loses, the American gets to rip it up. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Hey. If he loses, he has to have a picture of the President. <laughs> Who at the time probably would have been Clinton? Bush? Bush. Bush, Bush. yeah. Uh, there, maybe. There you go, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Yeah. 
But um, what what do you think overall of the uh, two episodes, Kieran? So I had I knew this existed. Uh, oh, Bill Clinton won uh, the election in two thousand. You were correct. Yeah. Uh, but it would have been at the end of the year, so he wouldn't have been president. It still would have been George, one of the Bushes at the at the time of this taking place. Um, so I knew this was happening at the time. It did get covered, I think, a little bit in something like Power Slam. And every time I saw it covered, like it was basically this is dog shit. Like this is a step back for British wrestling. Yeah. I don't, by any stretch of the imagination, on the basis of these two matches, think it's good. However, I think there is good stuff in it so far. So, for example, people like Johnny Moss, John Ryan, uh, David Young, uh, to an extent, Prodigy, Tony Kazina, Corey Williams, uh, Paul Volt, uh, Gary Steele, have all shown themselves to be, at the very least, competent professional wrestlers. Mm. Not including Kung Fu Kid in that. Fucking hell, I can't wait for his next match. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say, I'm going to be positive. Let's just say, I hope his second impression is better than his first. His first, yeah. Yes. He still has time to, he still has time to win me over, over the next four episodes. Ever ever the diplomat there, um, Kieran. I try. <laughs> ever the diplomat, he says to the guy who told NXT UK, fuck off, good riddance at the beginning of the show. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I think from initial thoughts from the first two episodes, it was just nice to see, like, oh, I've seen him on TNA and I've seen him on uh, this programme and like, half-decent <laughs> I was looking like I don't know most of the Americans, but most of the Brits I've seen in various leisure centres around the south and southeast of England. Yeah, yeah. So it was nice to have a bit of familiarity mm. uh, with with um, who were on telly. You can easily tell from the first couple of episodes that the the things that ITV got wrong with the World of Sport reboot yeah. were done in two in were done in bloody two thousand. Yeah, most definitely. So th- there you go. Um, that's the uh, first part of our uh, look at um, Brit Rest on the box. Um, <laughs> first part means we've got to come back and do this again, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> With episodes three old, and four. Well, Kung Fu Kid gets on. But uh, yeah. Kieran, uh, where can we follow you and what, what have you got to plug? You've got lots to plug. I'm going to try and do it as quickly as possible. If you want to follow me personally, I am at Kieran Edits on Twitter. As uh, Andy alluded to towards the beginning of the show, I also co-host two podcasts along with Mark Buckledy at monkey underscore buckles. Um, we, every month we have a DD Teach at DD Teach pod on Twitter, which is uh, looks at the DDT wrestling show, wrestling show, wrestling promotion in Japan. Uh, we recorded a new episode of that yesterday, and that will be out before the end of the week. And we are reviewing DDT's big show, Wrestle Peter Pan. After telling everybody in the previous episode it would actually be a profile of Kazusada Higuchi, turns out it's much easier to just review a show than it is to do all of the uh, research on a person and then do that. Yeah. Um, and then the other show is Must See Matches at Must See Matches uh, on Twitter. Uh, and that is uh, based on a project that Mark did where he crowdsourced wrestling fans and asked them on Twitter to submit a list of between one and 25 matches that they think other fans should see. And between us, we collated all that information, tabulated it. I did a lot of detective work. I called myself Headlock Holmes uh, to um, 
try basically in some cases find out if these matches actually happened um and we ended up with a list of 1066 matches and the podcast was to cover the top 100 maths doesn't quite work like that we ended up with 104 matches to cover instead which at one a week is two years of podcasting and we are going through those top 104 we will have we for the most part we try to have guests on uh so people who uh nominated the match we'll get them on and we'll talk about why like why they enjoy it why they think it's must see we've also done shows with uh wrestlers uh shady natras came on uh to yeah. talk about um jbl versus eddie guerrero and he was very entertaining and we kind of got like the the view from inside the ring as well from him uh yeah yeah, uh, and he that match is very famous for its blood, and he told us about his one and only experience with trying to blade, which was very funny. <laughs> um, uh, a Canadian wrestler Palm Singh Man came on for a couple of shows. He's also a tremendous guest. He was the um, Sammy, Sammy Zayn and Pack, weren't yes. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was funny when, when that episode came out. Um, Sammy Zayn had just done it. I think I was Sammy Zayn uh, had done his thing with Steve Austin on the WWE Network and actually talking about that. Oh, wow. Okay, so great timing. Uh, and uh, we have also had Sarah Parkin on the show three times now, and she is an expert in the Japanese women's wrestling scene like from the 80s until now. And we've had very, her to... Very good. Very good. Uh, came to talk to us about um, the All Japan women's scene of 1985 and 1995, as it turned out. Um, so all that waffling. I said I was going to make this quick. Uh, the current episode that came out uh this week is Masakatsu Funaki versus uh Tatsuo Nakano um from uh UWF in Japan in 1989 holy shit what a fucking fight that match is it's uh, it's you can find it on YouTube it's unbelievable and then uh coming out next week probably Tuesday because we got a bank holiday weekend um and I'll be fucked if I'm editing a uh podcast while i'm on holiday um we it's just mark and me and we are talking about the midnight express versus the southern boys from wcw great american bash 1990 so you can see just in those two episodes the breadth and the diversity of the matches on the list i've run out of plugs quick finish shut me up and finish the show no 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 my pleasure kieran i'm always um, an avid listener to muscle matches um like i've said it's always good for a bus journey uh, but we'll put that uh, on the poster <laughs> always good for a bus journey yeah. hey, th- there you go uh, but cheers Kieran no worries, always pleasure, a pleasure. Um, you can follow me, Oggy Part 3 on Twitter, GCP Podcast 1 and go and listen to our uh, Man and Jess reviews of the uh, Red Pro Weekender in uh, Bethnal Green um, Jess recollection, re- recollections of the show are very minimal, but I. Um, <laughs> it's sort of like it's not really. I mean, the third, night one is two reviews of a show. Night two is one and one third reviews of a show. <laughs> yeah. So, like, Jeff, do you remember this happening? Oh, now we're chatting. At least yeah. he's honest. At least he's honest. Absolutely. It? You're never going to get any bullshit with Jeff. That's one of the reasons we love him. But uh, no, ch- cheers for that, Kieran. Absolute pleasure. See you next time, folks. Bye.